Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Talk with Screamers. I'm Sybil, joined by Jake, say Jake. Hi guys, welcome back. I'm also joined by Jed, say hello Jed. Hello guys. Uh, and we're back with our first instalment of our new show. It's going to be a short series uh, of the January transfer window, so we'll do a transfer show. It'll probably be about five parts and then hopefully we'll, we'll do like a deadline show. It should be a lot of fun as well. Um, so we're just going to speculate and talk about the transfers that are done deals and, and sort of go over our thoughts about them. Uh, the first place I want to go is the one that's like freshest in my mind because it's one I've been thinking about a lot for like maybe the last 30 days and that's the centre-back situation um, at Liverpool. What do you think, Jake? Um, yeah, there's been talks, haven't there, that Liverpool have been going in for Sven Botman from uh, from Lille. So I think that's that's something interesting definitely to keep an eye on. Um Speculation on both sides that Liverpool are looking at signing a centre back, but then they're also coming out and saying they're not signing a centre back. Um, what do you think, lads? Do you, do you think that Liverpool do need to buy a centre back in January? I don't know. I mean, I think when you've got players like Fabinho playing there, I don't think that's really his natural position, is it? He's more of a central midfielder. And they obviously have got the injury problems, but the players that are out injured, they are going to come back at some point. So it, it's a difficult one in January to invest a lot of money in a centre-back when you've already got these key players, you know, the likes of Gomez and Van Dijk that, that can come back in the future. So I don't know whether I would go in for like a top, top centre-back if I were Liverpool, but maybe someone who can just cover uh, potentially bottom run. I think, that, as I say, that's the one that they've been linked with. Um, it's a tricky one though, isn't it, to, to sort of get right at this stage of the season as well. I think it's, the way I kind of see it, I thought I've been... Swinging on both sides of the argument for like the past sort of little while on this one. And the way I see it is, uh, I think Klopp probably backed uh, Joe Gomez to probably have his first full season uh, of no injuries. Um, uh, Joe Matip's probably, he's, he's, 
he's not getting any younger and he's probably never going to have a full sort of like 36 to 38 games in a season you know what I mean um, he's never going to he's, he was quite clear, he's quite clearly happy to be like third choice centre back even though like if Joe Matip could they, could stay fit I do think he could be um, the perfect part, partner for Van Dijk I, I love a lot of Joe, uh, Joe Matip's attributes Joe, Joe Gomez is such a prospect that you know he is so talented but I think he's really he's getting injury after injury and I really think he's going to suffer with this over his career and I, 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 so I'm in the camp of maybe Liverpool need to look for a for a, a, a centre back to pair with Van Dijk that, that's going to be fit for a full season Yeah I, I'd, I'd probably agree with you Simo I'm the same I'm, I'm swinging backwards and forwards between Liverpool need a centre back and Liverpool don't need a centre back um, the players that have come in, like you said, Jed, like Fabinho, he's been he's been unbelievable. He looks like a natural centre back every time he plays. And the young lads that have come in, you know, Reese Williams and Nat Phillips, they've both been, you know, they've both been good. And considering they're so young and inexperienced, I don't think they've really done themselves any harm. But Liverpool didn't replace Dejan Lovren when he left in the summer, so I felt like there's still a gap in there somewhere that if Liverpool were going to sign a centre back, that's probably where they're going to go and like you said Simo the injury problems to Matip and Gomez I feel like you'd always need another centre back in there anyway yeah I mean I think if Klopp could have kept Lovren at the club he probably would have but there was no guarantee that Lovren was going to get um, the playing time that he wants Lovren is a, he's a huge character he's a leader and he's he's a player that really backs himself is is like one of the best centre backs in the world he said that before he's come out and said it and it's his genuine belief and he does think he should be playing every single week and he is at Zenit he's like becoming a bit of their talisman they love him there there's like they're, they're already like the fans are spray painting walls <laughs> like <laughs> Dan Lovren um, uh, art and stuff like that and he's having a good time there and, and he was a great servant in Liverpool so I can I, I, I wish him all the best and, and whatever he's doing the only thing I don't like about Fabinho playing centre back is we miss Fabinho in midfield I think we desperately miss Fabinho in midfield I think mm-hmm. The, the narrow wins of last season that went towards the title. I mean, if anybody's un- under the illusion that, that Liverpool smashed every every team they played against last season, it's ridiculous. There was a lot, a lot, a lot of narrow wins last season. And I think those narrow wins have turned into draws because we don't have that steel in midfield of, of players like Fabinho and we don't have like... And we had a consistent back line last season, a fairly yeah. consistent um, back line. Uh, I, I'm missing Fabinho in midfield in terms of like players that can protect a back four. And particularly a back four at Liverpool's that play so so high up the pitch, so so high. Uh, there's not many better players in the world that can they can match for being at that job. And uh, obviously, Jordan Henderson is a, is a cracking pro, and I think he, he he does a good job of it. But I just don't think he's on Fabinho's level, and I don't think it frees up Jordan Henderson to do as much box to box work uh, if Fabinho's not on the pitch with him. Yeah, I'd I'd probably agree with you there as well. Like Fabinho, for me, since he's come to Liverpool, has been he's almost been the first player on that team sheet, especially in that midfield area. You look at that, and it's you know Fabinho and two others. Um, Liverpool, I think I I agree with you as well that definitely do definitely miss him in that middle middle of the park, like you say, breaking up the play, but also his passing ability as well. He's a really really good passer of the ball, and, and Liverpool do miss that. Um, but. Yeah, I'd I'd definitely be inclined that a centre-back is probably needed for Liverpool. Is there anyone in the Premier League who you could realistically see Liverpool going in for to fill that gap at centre-half? Ben White, for me, 100%. I talked about him in the, the previous yeah. show, last uh, last show we did. Uh, I, I really like the look at Ben White and actually, when I was sort of looking around the internet to see links to Liverpool, the two main ones that kind of stood out for me was, was Skrinra, uh of Inter Milan, who I 
I quite like. Uh, he's yeah. 25 years old. He's just about to come into his prime. He's a cracking prospect uh, in terms of like being one of the top-tier centre-backs in the world. I really think if he continues his forward trajectory, he could probably get there. Uh, ben White, for me, I just, I just like the way he plays. He's just the definition of a modern centre-back. Big and tall, strong, good with his feet, as good with his feet as a midfielder. I think that's important mm-hmm. if you're going to play a side like Liverpool, um, really. especially if you're playing with Van Dijk, who's going to want to move the ball with you. You know what I mean? Van Dijk mm-hmm. does like to pass the ball and move the ball between the centre-backs, and he probably expects the centre-back that he's working with to be like Joe Gomez, like Joe Matip, as in they're, they're good with their feet and can actually carry the ball and play almost on the level with as a midfielder with the ball at their feet. Yeah, but apart from apart from him, there's no one I'd probably say in the Premier League that Liverpool could realistically go out and sign for not for not for like extortionate money. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel like the Premier League is always, in, especially in January, the prices are massively inflated, aren't they? As well. Yeah, even in the even in the summer transfer windows in the Premier League, obviously the the transfer fees do tend to go up. But in January, when it's mid season, it, mm. they definitely do, unless a player is out of contract at the end of the season. Um, of which at the minute I don't think there's anyone who Liverpool would really go for. So um be interesting to see if they do end up going in for anyone in the Premier League, though, or whether they actually do bring a centre-half in at all. Um, mm. But obviously, I guess we'll see. We're still you know, early into January. A lot can happen over the next few weeks. So Yeah, I, yeah, I think... Um... I think Klopp will want a solution to this. If I have to guess it, I've, in the past, Klopp has found solutions to these quite obvious problems. Um, it was there was an o- obvious problem that we had in, in, in a goalkeeper position for a very long time. He went and solved mm. that. It was the same as the centre-back uh, position. He went and solved that. Uh, and In midfield, Fabinho was obviously came in. Uh, he, he, he is a problem solver, and he, I think he's good. He's, in terms of a, a coach recognising the, 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 the vulnerabilities in his team, he's pretty good at it. So I... I I'm going to back him to actually go and find a, a slightly more permanent solution because Man United are creeping up that table and they kind of they are winning when they're not playing particularly well. They're winning in Fergie time. They're doing uh, <laughs> Man City as well are picking up form. Um, Chelsea, I think, are kind of dropping off. Spurs, um, which we'll cover in, in the in the uh, review show, have played particularly well as well. So I don't think it's a, a guaranteed thing that Liverpool are going to win the league this season. And I think if they're going to, they probably. I think the the fact they're not top at Christmas, like kind of joint top, I think that might be might be the the, the thing that tips it over the edge for for Liverpool to go out and solve this problem. Uh, the next club I want to go over to talk about is is Arsenal because Arsenal have picked up some decent form and they they like to be playing with heart, uh, a bit of harmony. And I probably uh, even though it was against West Brom, that was the best sort of coherent performance I've seen Arsenal put in this season in the Premier League. I've seen them do well in the Europa, but yeah, I, I just thought. Do you do you, do you disturb that squad harmony in terms of bringing in new new players? Or I think it, it needs to be exits for, yeah. for Arsenal rather than in. I was just just going to say I think it's probably more important for Arsenal to offload players rather than bring them in at this point because when you've got players that are taking up so much of the wage bill like Meza Ozil who aren't playing, get them out of the club. Like they don't need to be there. Um, I think if they were to bring in more attacking options and replace the youngsters that have come into the team. I think that would probably be a bad move at the moment because the youngsters look like the best way to go and they look the hungriest to play in that squad. So I personally, if I was going to strengthen the Arsenal side, I'd be looking more at the midfield and the defence rather than bringing attackers in. But um, I mean, who do you go for? Obviously, it's a it's a difficult question. And when you're Arsenal, when you're in that position in the league, players are probably less likely going to want to go there at this point because they're not really going to look you know, qualify for Europe unless they win a trophy. So it's 
it's a difficult one, isn't it, for Arteta? Another head scratcher for him. Yeah, I probably I'd agree with you, Jed. I wouldn't bring anyone in um, that's going to disrupt that that sort of the thing that they've sort of now f- seem to have found with those younger players who are who've come into that team and have have performed. So to to replace them, I think would be very 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 harsh. Um, but I feel like Arteta probably wouldn't do that. I feel like mm. Arsenal are probably going to try to offload some of that Deadwood um, in January, even if it's you know just sending a couple of them away on a loan or whatever. Um, but I feel like in the summer is probably where we'll see. Arsenal get rid of most of that that yeah. bulk of those players that they don't want anymore. I can see that the only, the only player I don't see leaving Arsenal on a transfer is Mesut Ozil I think he will just run mm-hmm. down his contract because no one no one, yeah. no one in, no club in the world is going to no give gonna Mesut Ozil yeah. yeah 350 grand a week um, <laughs> it's just just not going to happen but the, the players I do kind of see might exit Arsenal uh, Mustafi I could probably see exiting Klasenac I could see exiting um, Socrates I could probably see um Exiting as well, you know. So yeah. there are these kind of aging players that are on big wages, and every player I've just mm. mentioned there is, is on big money. We're talking upwards of a hundred thousand, hundred twenty thousand a week. So mm. uh, for them to get them off the wage bill, that that frees up, you know, a million a month essentially <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. to 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 sort of reinvest in the squad. Uh, they've obviously they've they've. In terms of poor transfers, Arsenal are up there with, with the best of them. They've made some some shocking decisions <laughs> in terms of transfers. So I think it will be a case of actually freeing up the wage bill, resetting. Um, but they have this great generation of youngsters coming through, and I just I don't think they should because we'll be giving we'll be giving Arsenal a lot of shite because they've not been performing with the in line with the talent they have. Uh, I, although I have been impressed from the last three matches. Yeah. Um, moving on to another one, I want to talk to Burnley. Have just been taken over. Uh, by the some American investment company, uh, Burnley spent one million under one million pounds in the summer transfer window. Uh, do you see them actually actually splashing a wee bit of cash for Sean? No, I I don't. To be honest, I don't think they'll be um, they'll be splashing the cash because Sean Dyche obviously knows his squad. He likes a certain type of player. I think uh, I don't mm. think that they're going to go out and just buy anyone sort of willy nilly. Um, so I think they'll be more focused on just surviving, staying up, and then probably looking towards um, rebuilding that squad in the summer, and then making the, you know your big marquee signings in the summer. Um, maybe one or two additions just to sort of bolster the squad a little bit. But I, I wouldn't, I can't see them going out and spending big bucks and, and splashing the cash. Doesn't seem yeah, very no, burly to me. I'd, I'd agree with you. I feel like Sean Dyche um, is probably sort of. Seeing what happened with Bournemouth and Eddie Howe and the fact that, you know, they spent a lot of money on effectively nothing, you know, um, mm. they, they spent a lot of money and, and still went down. I feel like Sean Dyche is, he's definitely wise enough to know that the money he's going to spend, he's going to want to spend it properly. He's going to want to spend it on players that he knows will make Burnley stronger. And I'd, I'd probably echo your thoughts there about them signing just a couple of players, potentially one or two, just to, in case of injuries and to boost that squad and just give them a little bit of a, an injection of um, of life a bit more. But I can't see them breaking the bank in January. The summer transfer window, I'd probably look a bit closer at Burnley then. Uh, I think a lot of it depends on where Tarkovsky goes. I don't think he'll go in a January move. If Tarkovsky leaves, uh, I think he'll go in a summer move. Obviously, he's one of Burnley's best players. He's, he's a very highly, mm. highly regarded centre-back by quite a lot of teams in the Premier League and um, it, it, I think he will play at a, a, a bigger club at some point in his career I don't think he'll do a full career at, at Burnley just because he is he's a cracking player and a cracking prospect um, well I wouldn't say prospect he's, he's established <laughs> yeah. I, wouldn't use, I wouldn't actually use that word he's, he's well established as a, as a, as a solid 
Premier League centre back. He's not very, he's very rarely criticised by anybody in the media. A lot of it's coming as praise. Uh, Dice really likes him, but he will probably have loftier ambitions for his career. Uh, for the for the for the natural yeah. talent it has, well, I can see um, Tarkovsky going to somewhere like Spurs and and playing, you know, in that that Tottenham back four. Um, I think that would probably be a good move for him, particularly with a manager like Mourinho. So you can see that sort of move. Obviously, they'd have to replace him. Bernie would have to replace him if he went because he would leave mm-hmm. a, a gaping hole at their the back of you know at the back of their team. Um, but I think in terms of their recruitment, for me, it seems like they always tend to go for players that are either com- you know coming from lower leagues or going from, from clubs that are going down from the Premier League and they sort of go and raid them. I, they don't tend to look at, you know, overseas for, for talent, um, which I don't know whether that's down to their, you know, their philosophy as a, as a club, uh, whether that will change. Yeah, um, they, <laughs> might, it, that might change with the, the new owners, um, but that's something obviously that could potentially happen further down the line with, with yeah. Burnley and that's something that, you know, I don't know, maybe their fans will want to see that kind of thing come in, but... For me, I, I can't see them as they right now just going out and splashing the cash and and you know trying to trying to take players from from here there and everywhere. Um, it's it's probably going to be one or two additions. And to be honest, at this point, I couldn't even pluck any names off the top of my head as to who <laughs> they would go in for at this point either. To replace to replace a player like that, it's really interesting. Yeah, exactly. Spurs because yeah. I, I never even thought about that. But see, just having you said it, it just seems like it'd be such a makes good sense, fit. Doesn't it? I think yeah, it, it just makes like a, makes a, a lot of sense. Move, yeah. Because yeah. obviously Alderweireld has probably only got a, he's got this season and he has played well Alderweireld, but he is not getting any younger and he's yeah. he's losing the yards faster than you <laughs> that you probably like. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think guy yeah, he, he would slot right right uh, right really well in with, with Eric Dyer actually. I think and it would be it would be a pretty solid uh, back too. Uh, interesting one that Jed. Uh, over to Everton, surely um, Everton have got to. Got to strengthen, and uh, you're, you're buying a position of strength. And every signing that uh, um, Ancelotti's made is is made sense mm. for Everton. One that I've seen continuously um, linked for Everton is uh, Isco of Real Madrid mm. um, to be linked. And obviously, he's a superstar player. He's played at really, really high levels. Um, that would be a game changer. James Rodriguez and Isco. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be a good signing for them in terms of that attacking flair. That that he would provide alongside James Rodriguez, that would be a, a really, really good signing for Everton. Um, I don't know whether they would look at going in for a goalkeeper at this time in the season, but I mean, if there's a weak link in the Everton side, Jordan Pickford could definitely be classed as one. So I don't know whether they'll be looking to strengthen there or not, uh, because in my opinion, if, to be successful, you do have to essentially build from the back. And w- they've already got a well-established attack at this point. And, um, so I, I, I personally, if I was Ancelotti, would be going after somebody or lining up targets to replace Pickford, you know, in the long term. But whether we'll see that in this window, I don't know. Isco, though, if they, if he does go to uh, to Everton, great signing. Yeah, it would only be a loan move, I think. I don't think they could afford to buy him out, right? But Everton yeah, do still, have, they, still they do have quite impact, a lot of money, it? you know. They yeah. do actually have more money than, than people often think, and they spend a lot. Spent, mm. I think <laughs> spent on probably sort of Liverpool the past five years, maybe even more. Um yeah, I would quite like to see. I would quite like to see us go to the Premier League, uh, playing for Everton. Uh, mm. I know as a Liverpool fan, I probably shouldn't be saying that, but as you know, <laughs> as I want to watch, I want to watch I've the best football. Uh, Isco, he's been linked, you know, to Arsenal as well. But if I'm Isco and I'm, I've got Ancelotti, you know, Rodriguez and and the players that he's brought in on one in one hand, and then I look at Arteta with 
that shambles of an Arsenal squad and all those names that are earning money for doing nothing. I mean, it's a no-brainer for me. I'd I'd I'd, I'd pick Everton every day of the week, and <laughs> as a Liverpool fan, saying that. Um, but I think if they get if they manage to get someone like that, that's a that's a massive signing for Everton. It should be huge, isn't it? And um, the name Ancelotti does have a certain attraction. It was why they were able to get James Rodriguez. I think yeah. if they had any other manager in the world, they probably wouldn't be able to get James Rodriguez. They got a manager in, and obviously that James knew liked working with. Uh, I think the track record of successful signings to Everton. Uh, it's got to be um, a, a pulling factor for players because mm. if you think well, with the last X amount of signings have worked out well and they're all playing really well and they're up their game yeah. the, the team's improving and they're competing for this and it might, they might get Champions League football and etc 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 that's got to think oh this, this kind of makes sense because obviously he's not having the best of times at Real Madrid um, Isco um, so yeah, of course, I, I, think, I, I think I think you'd recognise that Everton are on a, an upward trajectory at this point and even if it doesn't happen this season if Ancelotti stays there Next season, they could do go you know, from strength to strength. Um, would you say it's likely potentially Christian Eriksen could end up there? I think he, he sort of wants out of Inter Milan at the moment from things that I've seen. And he seems like he would kind of fit their team at the moment as well. Maybe not as you know, starting every game, but as the likes of Gilfie Sigurdsson get older, um, Christian Eriksen still has the quality to play in the Premier League for me. So do you reckon that's a, you know, a shout for a move there or yeah, would he go I've- elsewhere? I read that Inter Milan, Inter Milan want him out 100%, and I read that Inter Milan actually, they only want like £11 million pounds for him. That's a bargain. But they, they only paid 18, so they, yeah. they don't see it as a massive loss, I don't think, and I think that's why they mm. probably consider selling him. So it probably would make sense whether Ancelotti would want him, because um, mm. he, he has a track record of uh, being a difficult player to work with uh, mm. in terms of, and it kind of only came in the, the latter years of his um Career from what from what you understand at Spurs, he was a model pro for like for he for was, a good yeah. few years, and then only in the end, um, he was acting like a bit of a diva. He was kind of acting like he was still he was demanding exits to to Real Madrid and and, and stuff like that. And then he stopped playing. He stopped playing well, and then wondered why there was no <laughs> there was no bids. You know, there, there was bids and they were rejected by Spurs. I think upwards of like seventy or eighty million pounds from Real Madrid and stuff like that. But he was playing absolutely superb mm-hmm. football. But you cannot expect to be treated in the same light if you don't. Perf- and it's not as if he had a dip in form of a few weeks. He had a dip in form for like a full season. Yeah. Uh, uh, that 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 puts a lot of big clubs off. That puts a lot of managers off. I don't think he was the superstar that he thought he was. I think he probably dreamed of going to. The thing is, he went for he went he forced his way out of Spurs. Went for small money to a big club. The, it's very low risk and the club's part because he, he started a couple of games for Milan, didn't, didn't really perform then. The majority of his performances is has is, is been off the bench. Uh, and yeah. yeah, I just don't, I don't know if Ancelotti would. I could see I, I could see how it would make sense, um, but I think he's made some poor, poor decisions um, at this point where he's supposed to be in the prime of his career. Mm. Uh, on to a big one. Uh, Messi to Man City is popping up all over <laughs> <laughs> all over the gaff again. Uh, I don't know if it will happen. What, what do you always think? If you're uh, in, in my eyes, if you're Manchester City, I'd be throwing every single penny they've got to bring Messi in. I'd be, I'd be saying, Messi, you know, Leo, where do you want your statue? We'll get it built, you know, <laughs> right now. Come in. You can have anything you want. You can take, you know, any player you want to be your personal butler, and you can have a, the biggest mansion in uh, the Manchester area. Like get get him in this country, get him playing in the Premier League. 
and Man City is the only likely team to be able to pull that off because they've got Pep in charge. So if I were them, I would be going for that. Absolutely. Hell for leather. Fuck the rest of the squad. If you get Messi in, you get Messi <laughs> in, you, you got a chance of winning the league, haven't you? So <laughs> I'm um I'm on the fence with this one. I'm on I'm unsure. In in part of me the the money side talks and says, yeah, he, he'll go because they'll offer him like Jed said, extortionate wages and, and they'll give him whatever he wants to play there. But then on the other part, I can see him going to America and living in LA and having that lifestyle. You know, it's a tough one, isn't it? Does he want to link up with Pep? Does he want to potentially ruin his legacy by coming to England and, and not showing everyone he can do it as as everyone keeps banging on about? You know, the, in my opinion, I, I, I can't see him going to City, but... I'd, part of me would like to because it'd be interesting to see how we'd get on but uh, I I personally think that maybe America or something like that is a bit more well, I think it's, it's, it's a bit too early to go to the MLS at this point isn't it in his career I, I maybe in, in two or three years time potentially but you know when he's won the Champions League another time with <laughs> another club maybe yeah. PSG for example they would PSG, probably pay for him yeah. so I, I don't know I, I don't see him going to America yet but I think it's definitely on the cards for him 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just the reason he's been linked away from Barcelona is because it's what everybody wants to see that's not a Barcelona fan because it's like that football <laughs> manager experiment. You know, he kind of like, oh, what happened if I just move Messi? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and it's, uh, and it, it would be super interesting. I would kind of, love, I would, I would love to see Messi in, in the Premier League, even if it meant that it went to a rival club in Man City. I just, do I think he was doing a job? Absolutely. I mean, he's messy. <laughs> he's, it's yeah. not as if he plays in a bum league and he plays, he's, he's not, he's not as accomplished <laughs> exactly. things against great sides before. Um, obviously, I mean, they would have to do the, the occasional like thing you need to do in the Premier League and like, like, like Arsenal did just there, tip up against West Brom and it's snowing and still play well. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think you yeah, I think you would. Definitely. I think you would. I think it'd be it'd be probably a bit cold, but uh, <laughs> and he'd be playing with players like Kieran Tierney. It wasn't even wearing an undershirt. He was like the only only player on the pitch, like not wearing an undershirt. <laughs> and he's prime mate. He was just absolutely. He was like, oh, I played in Scotland. It's like this every week. <laughs> so he was like, <laughs> why well, he scored that absolutely terrific goal. I would love to see. I would love to see Messi in the Premier League, but I think in terms of what actually will happen, um, I think he may. May extend at Barcelona. I think he'll outlive Coleman at Barcelona. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see. Uh, over to another Manchester club, Manchester United. Uh, apparently, from what I'm reading, I'm no longer interested in paying the 2,000 fucking billion trillion that, that Borussia Dortmund <laughs> want for Jadon Sancho. <laughs> I, know, I know they only want like 100 million, but yeah, apparently because of the good form of the team that they've kind of turned on to, they're not as interested in Sancho. Uh, they don't think they don't, they don't see him as that necessity that they did in the summer. I don't even think he was a necessity in the summer, to be honest. I, like, if you look at the uh, attacking options United have, Sancho adds a lot to the team, yes, but you know he you then have to rotate him. I think with the other options they've got, and the likes of Greenwood yeah. is still really young. He's going to be a, a, a good player. Rashford still really young. He's already at a great level and you know can play on the wing if necessary. Martial. Yeah, you know, they tend to put him out wide. He offers so much to the team as well. So I, I, I personally don't think that they needed Sancho in the first place in the summer. And if United are going to strengthen anywhere, it's probably going to have to be in the midfield, isn't it? And you know, if if your players like Pogba don't turn up, you know, you need somebody more dependable and and at a top top level. 
So I think if I were them, yeah, if you're committing that much money to a, to an area of the pitch, the attack is not one that they need to do that for. I feel like the thing for United at the minute is is trying to clear up the Pogba mess that's currently going on. I know it's he started to play a bit better and stuff, but in the back of your mind the whole time, all all I'm seeing is it's someone that wants to leave. He wants to get out of there and they don't really mm. want him there, but they feel like they have to keep him there because they spent all that money on him and, and it was such a massive thing when he went back to United. Um, for me, that's that's the one. I can't see him going in January, but I can see him going in the summer for sure, Paul Pogba. Yeah, I think it's been... I think that they must have had talks and, um, and, and agreed something because a lot of the stuff that I'm reading is that Paul Pogba will leave Manchester in the summer. Mm. But I've, I've read that before. <laughs> I've read that, I've yeah. read that line before um, and nothing happened. Uh, I don't know if it was because of lack of bidders or maybe uh, a club's been wanting to necessarily give Paul Pogba the money he's on at Man United. Um, he's still a terrific player. He, he absolutely still is a terrific player and you see glimpses of it and he just... I don't know if, like, if you're... If you're a huge club that you want to kind of gamble on that sort of player, he's, it's not as if he's coming from a smaller team, yeah. a larger mm-hmm. team. There's not not many clubs in the world uh, much bigger than Man United, and you kind of feel like if he's not performing at that level, would they kind of slot into a a, a team that's the, of that caliber that would need a player like? The, the only one I could feasibly see sense would be PSG. That's the only one I'd see because it's is a it's a league, obviously, but it's not a strong league at all. And no offense to the League One fans, but it's just not. It's just not. It's not a league on par with the with the other top four or the the, the teams that are in, within the big five sort of leagues in Europe. Uh, I think uh, League League One is is the weakest of that, and he probably would stomp all over it, and he would play particularly well because he would be playing uh, lesser opposition every week, and he would win trophies, and it would feed his ego and stuff like that. And you know, what I mean, it, <laughs> I think it, it, PSG makes sense for me uh, in terms of like strengthening the midfield, like you said. I think, uh, like you, like you said, Jed, I think. Players need to go before they get any more midfielders. They already mm. can't fit um, Van de Beek in. Oh, they yeah, can't fit, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. yeah, they can't fit um, Mata in. Mata, I think, is just happy to be a squad player. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also they've got, uh, what's his puss? Um, Jesse Lingard, who's apparently <laughs> going to sign an extension. Uh, which kind of, blows wow. <laughs> kind of blows my mind that just speaks volumes to the player uh, that, that he's, he has no interest uh, in football at all he's just interested in being fucking loaded um, <laughs> poor poor show for Jesse Lingard just, like, that's any... a baffling signing that for me if they extend his contract again like... well they extended Phil Jones's Phil Jones yeah. is still a Man United player yeah. they gave him like a fucking another three year deal I was like what the it's like you know you're not going to play any football you're never going to be first try centre back it's just um, crazy isn't it at that club and it's just like do you have any interest in, in playing football probably not probably, you know what I mean it's just I, saw a, I saw a rumour linking Phil Jones to Derby to go and play with uh, with Rooney, Rooney at Derby <laughs> yeah that'd I don't think that would be I think that would be a good move it, for them it'd probably be a yeah. I think, think it would be a good probably move for level. Derby <laughs> definitely be a good move for Derby but for him to stay at United for another three years that's not happening is it Surely. Can't be, surely not, no. He's just playing for the under twenty threes most of the time. Yeah, I mean, but like surely that but I mean like that would that would hurt my ego if that was me if I, if I was a footballer. <laughs> that, would, like, that would hurt my ego. Uh strange the transfer und- policy. The hundred grand a week of their suvit though, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. Be, like, you can only be so rich, mate. You can only be so fucking rich before it stop make, stops making know, any yeah. difference to how much money you've got. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's not as yeah, if he's like a I super. Do, I do find, I do find it's like the old Ezel. 
like an Ezel situation. Yeah, but Ezel does. He, he's that type of character, though. Yeah, he? he's quite happy to just sit there and be like, "Cheers." Yeah, <laughs> but Phil, Phil Jones hasn't accomplished in the game that that Mesut Ozil was won. Mesut Ozil was won, whatever it can go in, pretty much. Part so from... is Phil Jones. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> His name might be on the list, but he was in the way. <laughs> one, thing oh, really, one thing that really disappoints me about Phil Jones is that he never fulfilled his football manager potential because he was yeah, he was solid for, for years. He was fucking brilliant on that game, and look at him now. Such a shame, isn't it? He's just a meme. Oh. He's a living meme, isn't he? Bless him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he is a living meme. Does the best best facial expressions in the Premier League? Though. Yeah, best facial expressions probably in world football. To be honest, uh, I challenge anybody to to give a better. better could he be? Yeah. Could he be the man to fill the gap at Burnley if Tarkovsky gets out? I would be fucking raging if I was Sean Dyche and someone <laughs> sold, sold James Tarkovsky and then fucking Phil Jones and I to the training house. I'd be like, this is fucking shit. Starts <laughs> <laughs> punch, punching walls again. Yeah. Like, uh, me and Jones doesn't have the same fucking right as me and Tarkovsky. <laughs> oh. Memeing on Man United, as usual, boys. <laughs> uh, Brucey, Steve Bruce uh, has said that he's he's not wanting to splash out in the window. I think that's basically said that uh, he's part. I don't really want he's to splash out in the window, but he, uh, what, what he's really what he's really saying is the the board aren't going to give me any money. My cash is going to give me nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Bruce is one hundred percent lying there, isn't he? If he had the money to spend, he'd be spending it absolutely. I mean, like that Newcastle team is just it's it's bang average, isn't it? Like yeah. they need they need more quality in there, and he's he's clearly he's clearly just trying to dodge the fact that the board ain't giving him any money there. The thing is, though, like Mike Ashley will fucking love Steve Bruce, love yeah. him, just good enough to keep us in the Premier League. That's it. Keep us in the Premier League. Yeah. Give me my fucking. 110 million every year, straight in the pocket, <laughs> straight in the until, fucking Debenhams. Debenhams is sports director, yeah. some shit like that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's fucking, I mean, like, uh, we, we know I'm a Newcastle fan, don't we? Uh, yeah. Tim Walsh of the Total Screamers, uh, friend of the Screamers, <laughs> uh, more attractive Tim, his brother. Um, <laughs> that's what we used to call him. Uh, he's a Newcastle fan, and anytime I speak to any Newcastle fan, it's just like it's just pain. It's just pain. Pain. Ex- <laughs> existence is pain. Football is pain. Um, I mean, for a club of that size that could sell out like fucking fifty-five thousand seater to James's Park, it, it's just they should be just so much better. There should be such a big. Th- yeah. I mean, the, the term that's normally used is sleeping giant, isn't it? And uh, uh, but but they're not because it's never going to fucking wake up with this bloke in charge. And the thing is, uh, though, that, that's. Talking about the old sleeping giant Newcastle thing, it's one thing that does always make me laugh is the fact that they're referred to as a giant. They're only big because they've got a lot of fans. Newcastle haven't won a trophy in about 70 years. So, you know, a couple of good years under Kevin Keegan don't make you a big club. (laughs) We've already... Probably pissed off Arsenal fans, <laughs> Sheffield United fans <laughs> going for Newcastle don't now. Don't get me wrong. I, 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 love, I love Newcastle. I think it's a great city. It's a great stadium. The fans are unbelievable. There's not you can't compare their fans to anybody. But they're they're not they're not a big club in my opinion. <laughs> I think they're. There oh, goes, I mean, there goes the last last last. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna I, I'm, I'm gonna disagree. I think Newcastle are a big club. They're just. 
not as successful as they should be, unfortunately. And I'm a, that, I'm doesn't that define camp. a big club, though? Being well, successful. I don't know. I don't know because, I mean, like a big club for me is, is it, it's more than just the amount of trophies that they've won. It's you know the sort of support they have and, and the general history of the club as well. And I think Newcastle... They haven't got any history. One of the longest standing top flight clubs before they were relegated. You know, well, they, they got relegated. They, have, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they got... <laughs> I'm losing this it argument. Here, once. It happened twice. Just, just accept that Alan Shearer is enough to make a club big. Alan yeah, I was going to say that. Legend. That was going to be the next point. That was going to be the next one. I was just like sat here, like watching his fucking argument. I was thinking, when is Jed going to bring up Alan Shearer? And then my, my argument would have been he only won one trophy, and it was with Blackburn. Blackburn were a bigger club. <laughs> Oh, I think we've heard a clip. Um, I'm not saying they're the big. I'm not saying they're the biggest. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not. Don't get me wrong. In terms of following and 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 things like that, Newcastle are a big club. But like historical wise, for me, they I get what well, I can see your argument. But for me, they'll never they'll never be that big club until they start getting some success. And under Mike Ashley, that's not going to happen. Um, I can imagine Steve Bruce walking into that office and going, "Can I have some money?" And he just sat there with his Sports Direct mug. <laughs> No. <laughs> Steve Bruce just about to head and walk straight back out again. <laughs> and that's the end of it. <laughs> it's a shame, it's a shame, in, isn't it? Yeah, and then he's come out in the press and gone, yeah, I'm not going to spend any money. I don't want to. And he's <laughs> sat there going, dickhead. <laughs> so, if anything, he'll get, some, like, he'll get some loan moves or something like that. Yeah, uh, can, uh, for me personally, Melodou yeah, Castle is a big club or not. I think it's a combination of everything of the argument kind of, that contributes to the size of a club. Uh, it's like, and it's how big you are in your pond. Do you know what I mean? A lot of Rangers fans think Rangers is the biggest club in the world because they've won the most trophies. I'm like, mm. <laughs> it's just clearly not. I mean, anybody outside Scotland doesn't, doesn't agree with that at all. And Scotland is a small nation, so therefore Rangers isn't the biggest club in the world. I mean, it just makes sense like that. So Newcastle is the biggest club in Newcastle for sure, definitely. Uh, <laughs> I remember Newcastle being, exactly. the, you know, the Champions League and that. And, yeah. you know, they've they've been at that that sort of they've been at the top table, haven't they? In, in they have they've in had their that history uh, about they've twice, been. twice, <laughs> two or three <laughs> times. More times than there. my club's been there. So I mean, they're, they're bigger than us. If you were to do, so I've, I've done something in the past when I was at uni. Me and my mates used to love doing this sort of thing. We used to sit there with a pint. And we, we came up with our ideal Premier League. And if you were to pick 20 clubs like to provide the most entertaining season based on like the, the size of the club, blah, 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 the fans, like who would you pick? And Newcastle were always in that discussion. So they are, yeah. uh, yeah, they're not like, they're not it, football-wise at the minute, they're at the same level as like your Burnleys and you know your Brightons, etc. But in terms of an actual, it's the size of the club, they're way bigger than that, aren't they? They're way bigger than that. That's where I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll yeah, I think we need to. We need to move on at some point, boys. We need to move on. Transfer yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is just. Yeah. This is a transfer show. Not how big a club fucking Newcastle is. <laughs> so, how, how, as a a reasonably sized club, who are Newcastle going to go for? <laughs> <laughs> I've already no told you, some thirty-five-year-old loney <laughs> from some division we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> Newcastle are a bigger club than St. Marin. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> right. On to, on to um, 
I don't even. But we're going to talk about Sheffield and their transfer, <laughs> right? But I don't. I know we don't have any Sheffield United fans uh, left that are, are also fans of Total Screamer. I think we did at the start. <laughs> You've pushed they, them they are away. gone long ago, long ago. Because um, literally in the review, I'm, I'm going to say something along the lines of, "This might be the worst Premier League scene side I've ever seen." <laughs> but they need to do stuff, and uh, they need to not not to stay up. I think that's that's not even in a conversation. Although. Uh, I, I didn't know this, but Chris Wilder was part of the, the Sheffield United team that in 1990, I believe, uh, had two points in the new year and actually stayed up. And Chris Chris Wilder was in that side, so oh, I don't know. I bet, he's, I bet he's mentioned that in the, in oh, the, yeah. the changing room. Well, that, that, that's the only reason. Yeah, that's all the reason. I wrote, yeah. Like, right, listen, oh. lads, I've been in your shoes and we did it in 1990. <laughs> Go out and get three yeah, points. Yeah, most of the players Oh, I barely even born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was back back when you could headbutt each other and things like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think what they need to do is just um, they need to prepare for the championship. I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and not get any Premier League players that are going to be like expect Premier yeah Premier League wages. It's not going to be sustainable. Maybe they they loan in some. They need a goal scorer and they need a more solid backline. I mean, if you could be, they were they were picked apart by Palace. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know they have some very gifted players. Eze is a very gifted player. So has a very gifted player. They should they still shouldn't be picked apart in that manner. Um, I think they they need additions all over the pitch. Yeah, literally from I think Ramsdale's confidence is gone. His head is fucking gone. Um, I know I still rate him as like it could be a good goalkeeper. I think this will knock his confidence so, so bad that we've yeah. seen it in Loris Karius, that Loris Karius was a decent keeper. He was a he was a good keeper, a solid keeper, probably a solid sort of like, maybe he was like this the fifth or sixth best keeper in the Premier League at, at, at one mm. point in terms of form-wise, in terms of his, his actual form. But um, he just he just cannot be a goalkeeper anymore. I mean, he's maybe just starting to get back in it for him at the other side of the world in fucking Turkey. Uh, but in te- terms of like being a Premier League level keeper, like no, that, no. that's the shock and all of that Champions League final destroyed his confidence. I think the the shock of being part of a side this bad, this weak at the back, um, surely has to do something to to Aaron Ramsdale's confidence. And the same with every player in that squad, I think they will need something special to kind of bring them out of that slump. And I think maybe if they can finish the season with their heads high and say, oh, but we weren't the worst side ever. We weren't the worst side ever because we never got the least We never got the least amount of points. Uh, I wouldn't call that holding your head high. We finished with 12 points or something. We weren't the worst side in the world yeah, that have ever played in the Premier League. Uh, <laughs> Um, that has to be the goal though. That has to that has to be the only goal needs to be like let's not be the fucking worst side ever. <laughs> it has to be, but like, they're not if that is, if that does happen and they do, you know, manage to avoid beating Derby's record, they're not gonna be popping the champagne corks in the dressing room, are they? <laughs> I can imagine Wilder doing it when he uh, found out he's got his job again for another year. Open top bus tour. Yeah. <laughs> the, always... the, un, the unsackable man. <laughs> they're gonna be they're gonna be a leak too with fucking Wilder at the helm. What does that guy have on his boss? <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to, to just to bring it back to the actual like the the, the um, Sheffield United squad. I want to say about Aaron Ramsdale. Um, I think him replacing Dean Henderson is the worst move of, of Sheffield United's season. Um, because yeah. he's not for me. I don't think he's a 
a Premier League quality goalkeeper. I think top level championship at this point in his career mm-hmm. is where he belongs. So for, to be relying on him at the back when the back four in front of him or back three or however many defenders they play is, isn't the, the most solid. I think they need someone of, of a lot more quality. And unfortunately, obviously, they weren't able to re-sign Henderson. If I yeah. was, was Chris Wilder but, now, yeah. I'd be going in for him on loan because yeah. he's not playing for Man United. Bring him back to the end of the season, shore up that bat line <laughs> with the goalkeeper as you know leading that defence and you give yourselves more of a chance. If they persist with Ramsdale, then... Yeah, it's, I think it's, that's that's a move that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense for Sheffield United because um, let's just it's the same players as last season. Let's just revert back is, to yeah. when we were good. Uh, and the key component missing is obviously Dean Anderson, who they really realistically should have just fucking said to my United, right? What is it? Just fucking write down a number um, yeah. to get that that allows us to have Dean Anderson back. Uh, for the, mm-hmm. for the for the season, hundred percent should have done that. Instead, they could have splashed out. What was it, thirty something million? Thirty million. Yeah, on a man who got relegated the season before. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's he's on back to back relegations. There, Aaron Ramsdale. There's a reason why. Says, as well, yeah, because he's not good yeah. enough for that level. But literally, answer, they should they should go hat in hand. To not only Manchester United because they need to go hat in hand to Dean Anderson himself because yeah. they didn't didn't go in probably with the, the intensity they should to get him back. And when last season, Wilder was actually quite critical of Dean Anderson. Yeah. Um, even though he made very, very few mistakes. Um, hmm. But when he did, the uh, Chris Wilder would... I mean, it's easy to do that when you're, when you're competing for Europa places uh, and not, not in the bottom of the, the, yeah. the, the, bottom of the yeah. table. But yeah, they should go hat in hand to both Manchester United and Dean Anderson. Just, just come back for six months. Doesn't matter if you get re- if we get relegated, you're not you're not part of us. You stay you stay at Man United. Um, yeah, I just fucking write down a number. Um, Ramsdale, I, I don't. I'm not pinning it all on Ramsdale, but he's had mm. some. He's played some powers, uh, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, he's not helped the the situation as he as you say. I wouldn't pin it all on him, but he's just not at the right level for them. And Dean Henderson is the the best option that they've got at the moment, I think. And for him as well, going to United with essentially you know, the, the promise of, yeah, you're going to challenge De Gea this season. He's only played about twice. So I, I think personally, he'd probably want to get out and play a bit of football as well. Um, you know, obviously, no stranger to a loan spell before from, from his time yeah. at United. So why not? I think that deal makes sense. And, and if, if it doesn't happen, it'd be a shame. Definitely, definitely. Right. I want to finish up on West Brom who are also relegation candidates. Big Sam's already come out and said that he's going to do um, the same of what we should we said Sheffield United should do, like loan moves. Uh, mm. And he said it will, will probably only be uh, loan moves. He said uh, the, the players are working as hard as they can, uh, but it's just down to ability. They need better players. So I think you'll probably see... I think Big Sam... He wouldn't have, he, I don't think he would have signed a contract if he, if he didn't, they didn't have say... Have the reassurances mm, there yeah, that but, he'd be able to sign people, definitely. Yeah. And the fact that he's he's already come out and said that is their transfer plan. Yeah, we will probably see um, players on loan to West Brom, and I think it will be sort of players of the upper echelon that aren't playing as much football uh, as they probably think they should be. Mesut um, Özil. Can you imagine Phil Jones signing? Phil Jones, yeah. Phil Jones. Jesse Lingard, uh, you know, all these, all these sort of lots. I mean, I, I'm worried about Big Sam. We wanted him back for a, for a while, but he's, he's, he's not doing 
it's not that he's not doing well. I mean, it's been a couple of things that just haven't gone his way. Like that own goal, just kind of set the tone. <laughs> uh, it, uh, and it uh, it showed that the side can can defend well and can counter attack because he did it against Liverpool. Um, it came out and said that the, the the only step he's looking towards is clean sheets. He's not even looking at wins. He just says, "I just want to get clean sheets because we don't have a proven goal scorer, uh, yeah. and that's what we need to do." Uh, probably coming out with some of the stuff that Wilder should be saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his Wilder shot probably should be shutting up shop and just kind of being like, "Right, let's get a clean sheet. Let's get a draw. Let's get a point with a clean sheet. Let's get no yeah. no, uh, and then we'll just keep doing that until we fucking pinch one at the other end." Um, uh, and that's what Sam does. That's what Sam does really, really well. I think this is one of the hardest jobs he's took on. Um, I don't know what you boys think. This is a tough job for him because a lot of this squad are championship players and I don't think he's ever taken over a squad with as many players with a, a lack of Premier League experience in that, that sort of whole squad environment. So I think he will definitely be looking at, at, at low moves for people. You know, Probably people like potentially Phil Jones and things mm. like that who've got some experience, got good experience in the league. They might not be the best players, but they'll be able to guide all the players through and how to play in the Premier League. I think that, that actually, you know, we were joking about it, it'd probably be quite a good move for both behinds. <laughs> I think I think what we're going to see more of in terms of West Brom and how they go from here, rather than bringing players in, I think Big Sam is probably just going to look to have more of an influence on the players that are there at the moment because on their day, those players can get a point off Man City and get a point off Liverpool. But if he gets them playing like that every week, then you know he doesn't need to, to bring replacements in uh, at this point <laughs> in the season. I think probably they need a bit more depth, but I think a lot of it and a lot of what Big Sam does is he just gets the players playing. And that is where he's going to be looking to focus like the majority think, of his efforts for me. I think we'll see them even more reined, reined in. I think we'll probably see solid central midfielders. Yeah. Big Sam has always mm. had solid, solid central midfielders. Um, so they're the park that he sort of... Because that's that's how he breaks, you know what I mean? They feel yeah. like defensive but playmakers as well. Um, so yeah, I think we'll probably see some more te- technical players um, brought out. I think we might see four or five loanies brought out at West Brom, uh, if I'm perfectly honest. Uh, yeah, but we'll see. It's only it's only day three of the transfer window. We're going to come back in a week's time and see all the movements, see how wrong we were. <laughs> all how right we were. Uh, I've missed a few. There's just so much transfer activity going on. So many rumours at, at the beginning of the season. We can't possibly cover it all. Uh, I know we did spend like 10 minutes talking about how big a club Newcastle <laughs> 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 But that was well funny. <laughs> we got sidetracked. We got sidetracked. Uh, uh, but uh, thanks very much for joining me, Jake. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, thanks very much for joining me, Jed. No problem. Uh, listeners, yeah. make sure you follow our new Instagram page. That's yeah, uh, it's been set up to the as of today. <laughs> <laughs> new Instagram. We're on the Instagram. <laughs> you know, yeah, silly, such an old man. Me and Jake don't run it. Jed runs it. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, mate, I, I can barely do that. Either. <laughs> <laughs> They're not exactly selling it, boys. Um, <laughs> But thanks you. Thank you very much for the listeners. Uh, we will see you tomorrow for our Premier League preview show. See you bye. Toodles. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.